0: Welcome to the Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola where I dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that will help you stay inspired, motivated, and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the Akhirah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to the 18th episode. Today we have Brother Muhammad Faris from Productive Muslim and we're going to talk about how to use Ramadan as a month to regain our productivity and how we can get back into it and why exercise, physical activity is really important with being productive and much more. Let's welcome Brother Muhammad Faris. Assalamu alaikum. Um, Wa M-
1: alaikum. As- assalamu alaykum. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. Before we get started, I just want to tell you something that before launching my business last mm-hmm. year, I've always... I've always followed your work for so many years. And you do amazing things for the community, for the Ummah. And I'm one of those that really have been inspired from your work. So thank you so much. Because thank everyone at the end of this episode, you got to check his work. It has so many uh, useful tools and we'll talk all about it. So would you please tell us about yourself and how did the Productive Muslim get started?
1: Sure. All right. Bismillah. So, Barak Muslim. Well, I guess myself and Muslim are becoming... <laughs> almost identical these days. So I guess I'll start off. Uh, my name is Khmer Faris. I was born in Tanzania, East Africa, I grew up in Saudi, the UK, and now I live in Dallas, Texas. So halfway in the world, I'm now somehow in Dallas, Texas. And uh, basically started Productive Muslim about 11 years ago. I was in college doing my master's and I initially was obsessed with anything about productivity. I was like, oh my God, I got to learn about productivity, getting things done, how to achieve more. And through that journey, I was you know, was like looking around thinking, you know, this stuff is really awesome. I want to share this with kind of my own sort of at that time my friends and later on online and i started blogging so i started a blog called productive muslim thinking that you know great i'm going to share this productive tips with the world but then three months down the road i shut down the blog i said it was a stupid idea who's going to watch this forget this idea and actually shut the blog and um and then a few months later though uh something happened that made me rethink the whole the whole kind of whole project i realized i asked myself a question i said you know you know, I'm here to talk about productivity of the world, and I'm kind of reading what's out there and kind of sharing my community. But is there something in the Quran, in the seerah, in the history of, of, sort of the civilization, of the prophetic, you know, just ways, to do rituals, and mindsets, the values of Islam that can actually help us become productive? So it's almost like the question is, how can Islam help us become more productive versus, you know, what can we kind of copy and paste and apply to our lives? And that question kind of threw me on this journey where I started to write. And subhanAllah, the things just kept growing. People started following. And here I am, 10 years later, running a full time training, coaching business, helping people live a productive lifestyle, inshallah.
0: MashaAllah. Yeah, you guys, um we'll link all of his work later, but it's so true because the tool itself, like the free material you provide, is really helpful. And the infographics that you have, everything, mashaAllah. So, Jazakallah khair again. So then, how can Ramadan help us regain productivity into our life? And how can this month really be a great time to pick up that momentum?
1: Got it. So I want to first start off by just really uh, defining productivity properly. Because I feel when someone hears what Ramadan productivity, I always get a backlash thing. People should worship and focus on their worship. What are you talking about productivity? And, you know, the, basically the, de- the definition there is not about being productive at work only. It's about saying, how can I become the best version of myself because Ramadan is this amazing month where you are going through this this almost like I call this boot camp where you are you know spiritual boot camp, physical boot camp, social boot camp, the whole lot and the question is how do I live the best version of myself spiritually, physically, socially so that when I graduate from this boot camp at the end of Ramadan I can really look up and say alhamdulillah this month was transformative for me. So when you talk about productivity in Ramadan it's not about you know, basically, you know, me just being able to focus at work only by saying, how can I make those smart choices with my energy, my focus and my time so that I can live the best version of myself so that I can really, you know, so that I can make those smart choices from what I eat for suhoor and iftar all the way to how many, you know, you know, how should I pray, focus my salah to my relationship, my family and friends, you know, and all those and even work as well. But, but the question is, how can this Ramadan be a transformative experience? Uh, one thing we say is that Ramadan is not a to-do list. A lot of times we think of Ramadan as, all right, I got to knock out 20, tar- 20 tarawih. I got to make, make sure I finish the Quran. And I'm like, we turn around to-do list, but think about not what you do in Ramadan, but who you become. How can Ramadan be a transformative experience for you where you actually upgrade yourself from version 1.0 to 1.1? And then you can develop that next best version of yourself. So if you think of Ramadan as a transformation of yourself, to live that next best version of yourself, spiritually, physically, socially, the Ramadan can really become this powerful, you know, experience where you just you just up like you level up, right? You upgrade yourself, you level up, and you can realize your full human potential, what you can achieve in this amazing, beautiful month.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for mentioning that because it's so true, and that's how I believe Ramadan is and should be as well. It's not just oh, I got to read the Quran or I got to pray because. It's the quality versus the quantity. And it's really important to focus on the quality. And as you mentioned, the the, the, the to-do list, because when I went on Instagram Live, I had one person uh, mention this, how, oh my gosh, like I can't keep up with the Ibadah or like something about the Ibadah, right? And I told her that even exercise or like, Taking care of your health is an act of ibadah, so don't be so hard on yourself. Because I think when we say the word ibadah during Ramadan, we automatically switch and think of Quran prayers, but it's actually everything, like you mentioned, the social aspect, the physical aspect, and the mental health aspect. So
1: yeah, so and, and the thing to think about it from also perspective of this, you are. I mean, if you think about the the purpose of Ramadan, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says <laughs> the Quran that the purpose of Ramadan is to achieve this level of taqwa, right? This level of God consciousness. Now, that level of God consciousness is not only related to God consciousness in acts of rituals and prayer and Qur'an. Again, I'm not downplaying the power of Qur'an and salah and encourage people to go all out and really push themselves as much as possible to maximize their rewards in in Ramadan. But the idea is that how can that that level of... When you go boosting yourself spiritually and you're really praying as much as you can, read the Qur'an as much as you can, how can that then almost achieve that consciousness across all the other different areas of your life. You've got consciousness with what you eat, God consciousness with your body, God consciousness with the people you meet, God consciousness with your work, God consciousness with your family. That level of overarching God consciousness, that comes from Ramadan. And I think we need to make sure we don't forget the bigger picture as we focus on basically you know, maximize our rewards and, and being the best version of ourselves in the month.
0: Exactly. Thank you so much. It's a good reminder for myself too, because exactly like when we do anything like what's our intention. So it's a good to remind back of how we can use that Ramadan to really not just like live a productive life, but how it's important to invest into our health and every aspect around it. So then why do you think exercise and staying physically active is important for a productive fit life?
1: All right. So Ramadan is, is interesting because I've heard I, mean, I get two extremes in Ramadan. Uh, whenever I do sort of coaching and training, and I get I get the a one one side of the coin the people who are like exercise is so important and I don't care what it does I'm gonna go and kill myself in Ramadan outside Ramadan and basically they've they've made Ramadan they made exercise as an ends versus a means and the other extreme. And unfortunately a majority, where exercise is just something that, oh my goodness, yeah, whatever. Ramadan exercise, those two don't go together at all. Yeah, and the if I can survive till the end of the day, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, it's awesome. Forget even me actually, you know, exercising. And I want to again make sure that we're careful here that that you're trying to the reason why you're exercising reason why you're conscious of your food, reason why you're conscious of, of your physical body is this physical body is your is your basically your vessel, your vehicle of your of your soul to help you achieve that God consciousness and to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If this body, if this this vessel, this vehicle is not in good shape, then guess what? Standing up for tarawih becomes hard guess what? You sitting down, waking up early becomes difficult. Guess what? Quran, sitting for reading the Quran for more than 30 minutes feels like a chore and you feel like, ouch, I can't do this. But if you're physically fit, if you're physically feeling that you are at your best physically when, and, and based on nutrition and exercise and doing those and sleeping well, these things, ha- these things help you basically be the best for yourself spiritually. These things help you become in a good mood, deal with your family and deal with society and help contribute and volunteer and do stuff. So it's, it's making sure that Think of exercise as a means. It's not optional. I would say it's not optional to exercise in Ramadan if you want to become the best version. It becomes almost a requirement. If I want to really make sure that I live up to the best version of myself in Ramadan, let me make sure I do exercise so that I can be that God-conscious abd of cre- servant of Allah Taala the way he wants me to be.
0: I love that. And there's two points I want to pinpoint and then a follow-up question. Point number one, when I had my podcast interview with Dr. Jen, it's really important to be active during Ramadan because our mobility, we don't want to lose the whole work that we just worked on, the range of motion and then the whole myofascial tissue, which keeps the body and the muscles um, active and mobile, right? So it's important even if it's for a walk, it's not that bad. But stretching, all of it can be done. And then the second point is the body of Jannah that I discussed with Imam Wissam. And then I'm trying to promote a little bit more um, along with him as well. So the body of Jannah is, like you said, how are we going to use as a vehicle, like how we can use our body to build the, our house in Jannah, inshallah. Like how can we do good deeds, all that stuff with the body that Allah has given us. And the follow-up question is that outside of Ramadan, how can staying active really help us with being productive?
1: Absolutely. And again, it's, it's part of, it's, it's, it's exercise in general and exercise of staying active it kinda helps you with making those smart choices because you are, I would say exercise is not for your body. It's actually more for your brain, for your heart, and for your soul. The reason why it's not for your body because sometimes when you think of exercise as, oh, I need to lose X weight or I need to fit in this dress or this, you know, in, in this type of clothes. And then it becomes this all about this body image. It's all about this, this, you know, this approach of life versus it's actually helps me to become a peak performer, helps me become the best version of myself in spiritually, physically, socially. And honestly, those who can try it, those who exercise and don't exercise, or those who exercise some days and don't exercise some days, you'll notice a difference. You'll notice a difference when you exercise. You're in a good mood, you're sharp, you're able to make quick decisions. You're in a, you are able to show up as a, as a father, as a son, as a daughter, as a sister, as a husband, as a wife. You're able to show up in your roles at your best and spiritually speaking, you just feel that feeling that you're, you know, getting up for prayer does not feel like, you know, heavy anymore because your body is is actually much more springier, much more in action, much more easier to, versus you're like, oh my goodness, I feel like getting up feels heavy for me basically. So think about exercise as a means, think of it as it helps your brain and the impact has on your brain. And that what that means in productivity, things like making smart choices, making smart decisions, be able to say no willpower is improved when you exercise, especially early in the mornings. So there's a lot of knock-on effect of exercise beyond just the body and how it helps, you know, helps your muscles and your body and getting and looking good. It's actually for your brain, for your heart as well, and for your soul. And I think I also say that from a spiritual perspective, that when you exercise, you're actually training yourself to do something that is difficult. And that from a, from a disciplining the soul, disciplining the nafs sort of um, science is actually very powerful. Because when you say, just like fasting, when you say, no, I'm not going to eat this food now, that develops your willpower. That develops your your, your you discipline, your nafs, so that you can control the snuffs before, before it controls you. And same thing, exercise. It's a physical way of doing it, but it's also a way of, of, of what's called taming the snuffs so that you can direct it and help it do, make those right choices, whether there are right choices in what to eat and how to exercise, all the right choices in terms of praying and turning to Allah and, and building a home in Jannah. This, this whole exercise actually goes above and beyond the physical body and how it helps us become productive, basically.
0: Yes. And if someone is into this and they don't like to work out, I always say, find what you like and don't make a sure. Enjoy what you do it and you'll do more of it. So Absolutely.
1: True. Absolutely. Take it easy and enjoy. Exactly. Enjoy it. Make it fun. Like personally, for me, I'm I'm not somebody who's into sort of sports, right? But I love cycling and I love
0: Running. I was gonna say, because I see you biking.
1: <laughs> exactly. I love biking. I love cycling. I love ro these are things I enjoy. So I felt like I, I can stick to those and I find very relaxing. I find them helps me get be the best version myself. It helps it helps me managing stress, you know, especially running a company. There are a lot of factors that just come in when you exercise that are, you know, this, those benefits that come in. But again, I want to make sure that we sometimes we, we get so obsessed with results, like oh my goodness, I've been exercising for three weeks. I didn't lose a single pound. I didn't lose a single kilo. I feel like I feel like this is, this thing is not working. It does not matter. Focus on just even if you like say walk half an hour, exercise, fast walk, whatever it is, depending on your mobility, depending on your level fitness, but just get into the habit of doing something and notice the changes, performance changes, spiritually, physically, socially in your life.
0: It's so true. And I actually yesterday I was at an event as a vendor and a lot of women that came to my table, I asked them, okay, so what are you gonna do during Ramadan? Majority of the answers was walking. And I said walking is great, but I also want to emphasize don't give up and don't lose the strength training so even if you go back to the after ramadan it's really important to strength train and i also love biking right now it's so nice i was like maybe i should go for a bike after this but i am a huge fan of outdoor workouts swimming biking and running but it's also important to keep up with the strength training as well there's uh, body weights and what have you um and then also i want to ask you what tips do you have for beginners or not to implement to be become productive, it could be like after prayers for example or anything you that you personally enjoy
1: got it so i think the number one part is i will say to this people define you know define where you are and where you want to be and on productiveness.com we have a free assessment which you can take which can help you measure yourself spiritually physically social tell it gives you a score and tells you this is where you are and ask yourself okay if this is where i am today What's my next best version? Not version 10, but version 1.1. Because once you define where you want to be, then you're going to start making conscious decisions. Okay, for example, I need to be maybe to pray on time more, or maybe I need to exercise more, or I need to spend quality time with my parents more. Choose something that you feel there's area of improvement, area of you you can grow and start defining those milestones of how you'll get there. The moment you start putting focus and attention to those things, you'll start making those conscious decisions. Of where how to out of what to do to get them there. Then you start thinking about your days plans. Like okay, if I sit down and plan my day, I do a weekly review and a daily review, a daily planning and weekly planning. And daily planning looks in each day and ask myself, okay, based on my calendar, based on what to do, based on my levels of energy, focus, and time, am I committing to what I said I want to do today? And kind of ask you that question beginning of the day. Ask myself, what would make today a successful day? What would it look like? And that's very powerful. It helps you kind of set the intention and re recommit to that intention that you set each day. And then at the end of the week as well, I'll do this a weekly review and a weekly planning. Same thing. I start planning and helping before. So for beginners, summary is define where you are and where you want to be, understand what are the milestone steps you take to get to where you want to be, put some focus and attention to those, plan weekly and daily, and start making those small, small actions, baby steps, small change, small actions make huge difference. Don't go all out. Don't kill yourself because that normally backfires. I do a lot of coaching and it's very, very disappointing. People commit to huge commitments and then they come back saying, oh, I couldn't do it. So small changes, baby steps, tiny habits, you'll get there. And with slow So it's a process. It's not an event. You you do it as a process. And once you get to the level you want to be, then you start upgrading yourself and continue to upgrade yourself. And Ramadan is a powerful, powerful time to really enjoy that upgrade experience and transforming experience.
0: I take some notes. This is so... It's so true. Uh, so again, daily uh, tips. So be it's intentions, weekly, plan it out and take small steps. And just mm-hmm. like he said, it takes time. So as you're speaking, I'm like, oh my gosh, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, took him like so many years to get the message out and across. So think of it like it's not going to happen one year or in 10 years it's going to take time. And do you have vision boards, for example? Do you think that would help you out too?
1: So I have two, I have two thoughts on vision boards. One is it <laughs> okay. can be helpful in terms of kind of defining in vague terms where you want to be, but at the same time, if if we use them incorrectly in the sense, we think, oh, it's all or nothing. If I don't achieve what's on the vision board, that means I'm a failure, then I prefer you don't use them. What I prefer instead is saying, okay, I know where I want to end up, right? And and you kind of have to really sit with yourself where you want to end up and just not just in this life, but in the afterlife as well. Mm -hmm. And then say, well, let me work backwards based on where I want to end up in the afterlife and this life. In all my areas, my family life, my spiritual life, my physical life, my work life, my family life, what are, and we have a worksheet on Productive Muslim called the Productive Ultimate Goal Planner that helps you kind of set these goals in different areas and kind of define them 10 years from now, five years from now, one year from now, six months from now, three months from now, and then you define them weekly and daily. And so having direction, having that idea of where you're heading is powerful, but don't be too caught up. I always think of it as being like a gardener versus a carpenter, a gardener basically says i would like to grow an apple tree and a coconut tree and orange tree and he starts putting the seeds in and starts watering work in the process but can he really guarantee that he'll get the coconut tree or the apple tree or the orange tree there's no guarantee right because that's that's up to allah if this tree grows or not There's many other factors involved but he can but as a gardener he or she will do their best they will just do their best as a gardener and make sure that this tree hopefully grows to become whatever tree they intend to do but at the same time you need to know what to to, to plant don't just say well i'm gonna throw some seeds and hope things will come out you need to you need to kind of cultivate your garden and make sure that it, it's it's powerful so it's, one is the balance between you putting the effort putting the intention putting the planning putting the hard work but not getting too attached to the results the carpenter mindset it says you know what i want to build a chair now if for some reason i build my chair it doesn't work as a chair I get so frustrated. I get so annoyed. I want to beat myself up. I'm a stupid carpenter. Let me throw this thing. I forget carpentry. I might start gardening or something like that, right? <laughs> he just gives up <laughs> completely. But that then that mindset is we're too, too attached to results. And we see this a lot with fitness. We see this a lot with life coaching where people would be attached to results. If I'm not losing weight, if I'm not achieving my what's on my vision board, then I feel like I'm a failure versus you put, it's a process. You put in the hard work. You put in the planning. You put in the learn, develop, do your best. Ask Allah make dua. But don't be attached to the outcome. The outcome is not up to you.
0: I love that. So I actually have three vision boards on my wall. And it's so interesting. I got into it about two years ago. And actually some of them have already come true in my life. Um, whether intentionally or intentional. But I, I like what you said. I agree with you as well. And that also reminded me about the fixed and the growth mindset. So the fixed mindset, obviously we don't like, if we fail, if we don't achieve it, we don't get stuck into it. We have to have the growth mindset to learn. It's okay. You know, how can we grow from this? How can I improve from this failure? What have you? So it's really nice to hear a perspective on the vision board. And it's true because if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. And it's a reminder, like, okay, didn't happen. We'll work for the next thing. And then remind ourselves, like, oh, at the end of the day, it's going to control over our life. We just do our work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And think of the verses in Swatulkar when Allah Subh'ana says, am Do you see that seed which you sow? Are you the one who makes it grow? Or are we the grower? Allah is challenging us. Like you you put in the seeds, you put in the like you're the gardener. But in the end, who makes it grow? And this might and a lot of times, especially in productivity science, people get so obsessed because productivity we think is about being in control, controlling my time, controlling my to-do's, control my tasks. And when I teach productivity I tell them it's not about you being controlled, it's you you putting setting the intentions working really hard and asking permission for something to happen, but not, being in con- but not letting go of control. And this is called the baraka mindset. This is the idea where you really work with the idea of barakah versus this obsession with, if things don't happen according to my way, then I'm, I'm a loser, I'm a failure. And, and then, then this whole life cycle gets very disappointing and people get upset and all sorts of things comes out of that.
0: Oh my gosh. You remind me about your post about the hustle versus the barca. Is it the barca, um yep. mindset? Yeah. Can you, that was just, like, can you go back? Yes. Again.
1: Yeah. So hustle culture, with barca culture. So this is, <laughs> this is basically this whole, this whole concept, right? Think about it. The way success is defined these days is that you got to hustle, right? The Gary V's of the world, hustle, hustle, hustle. And if you're not hustling, if you're not, then you're a loser, right? Then you're lazy. <laughs> then you are, and I'm going to put any, insert the blank of what you're going to say there. And, <laughs> I said, well, is this really a, you know, does this even make sense? Is this a, of, this obsession with hustling? And to the point where it becomes almost backfires on people because people get this, you know, this, this startup cultures and people working very hard and, you know, marriages are being broken and families, children are being, you know, unfortunately, this idea hustlers drive people mad. we thought this is the model of success. If you're not hustling, you cannot be successful. And we challenged that. But product saying, hold on a second. Is there an alternative? Is there an alternative way for you successful? We're not saying being lazy. We're not saying don't do anything. You're still going to work hard. A gardener still works hard. But it's a different mindset. A mindset that recognizes who's in control. Allah is in control. But he has put responsibility upon us to use our free will, make decisions, plan, think, align with natural laws, align with science, align with what we're learning, and asking him for permission for things to happen according to what we would like him to achieve, if not better. That mindset is is a complete shift and i do i do train for companies and and corporates and sometimes ceos look at me thinking dude you're crazy if you do baraka culture my, my people will just like leave and not work I'm mean, like that's not what we're talking about in fact if anything baraka culture you can actually achieve much more success much more lasting impactful purposeful success than the kind of output driven results driven hustle culture and, and i again this is a short summary but i would highly recommend you if anyone listen to this to watch you check out barakah culture versus hustle culture barakah to muslim i go in detail about the two comparing the two and really it's something that we're really passionate about spreading um you know as, as, as a concept inshallah
0: inshallah that's actually one of my goals for this ramadan is as an entrepreneur especially as a business owner to like really take it down this month in ramadan to work on the business like focus you know other stuff in my life obviously my relationship with but the whole hustle thing is like I'm, like calm down like exactly the barakah effect is very important and we might not see like Today, but we'll see it in the long run, inshallah.
1: Yeah. And I'll give you a classic example, myself, my own company. We started off Hustle Culture really we were like okay what are our goals what are our quarterly goals monthly goals financial goals targets how many people are going to workshops how many, how many books we're selling right very very hustle culture output driven they were like wait a second what what is the purpose of our work what is the you know what's the impact we're trying to achieve and they realized let's focus on the process let's focus on what what really matters so now we're saying our goals we like act like gardeners and our gardeners number one to attract people to protect a muslim and to basically number two build trust so they can trust us and recognize that it's a it's a platform that is that is trustworthy Number three is to enroll them into our programs and so they can really develop. Number four is to delight them and impact them and really make those changes. It's not just about how many people go to my classes and how many people graduate, how many people get how many, what's our financial goal. It's like you got to think as a gardener about impact versus just results. And like I said, in just that transformation within our own team, I found it very beneficial and very much more relaxing, like you said. But at the same time, still a lot of work, but it's just a whole different way of approaching our businesses and our lives, basically.
0: Inshallah, and tell. Would you please tell us about the your academy and the retreat that you do? Um, I, I'm hoping that one day I can join your retreat. Inshallah, but I would like to learn more about them.
1: Sure. So we, what we did in Product Muslim is realize okay, there was different ways to learn. Some people prefer learning online. Some prefer like offline. So we wanted to, again to create that transformative experience for people. So one thing we have is we actually have a six-week masterclass we do once every quarter. The next one starts in July. And the six-week masterclass is we walk them through the Product Muslim book. Um, basically it goes through every single section and how to live the next best version of self virtually physically socially and at the end of the six-week masterclass you get access to our online academy which has a lot of courses has monthly mastermind calls has book club and a private community of basically people who are high achievers and and basically performers and that's going to be that's the academy and then we basically we call people once a year to come to our retreat which happens usually indonesia we choose our location because we just love indonesia it's a great place and the location is right off Singapore. So you get the benefit of being in Singapore and Indonesia at the same time. So we, have, we meet in a in a, in a in a resort in Indonesia. We spend a whole week together where we basically, A, have some workshops. B, spend the seven days living that best version of ourselves. And through coaching and training and interacting, networking, it's a very powerful experience. We just finished one in March. And the next one comes up next March 2020, inshallah ta'ala. And you can learn more both at both and inshallah ta'ala. Inshallah.
0: And also one last question about your book. Cause- I will have the link uh, in the in the show notes, but also where can we find about your book and a little bit more about it, inshallah.
1: Sure. So I think seven years into into blogging about Barak Muslim, I realized that, okay, I'm, I'm sounding, like I started to pretty myself. I started to realize there's a lot of stuff that I can put together into a book and almost like a, a, a pr- I want to give a practical framework because sometimes productivity and spirituality can seem like these kind of, kind of wishy-washy concepts. So I want to give a practical uh, guidebook framework to help, people if they hopefully want to live that next best version of themselves they can read the book and kind of learn those practical tips it's a very practical book on how spirituality and how productivity comes together to help you live the best version of yourself and you can be found on amazon and any other major um, bookstores online bookstores they have it basically you can check them out or you can go to productivemuslimbook.com you can get an audiobook version as well for those who like to work out and and listen to something on the go. So that can, you can have audiobook or Kindle or any other versions, basically.
0: Inshallah. Brother Muhammad, where can we stay connected with Productive Muslim and your work?
1: Mainly the best way to get connected to me is via our email list. So if you join to com. And you join an email list, you get a free manifesto, which kind of explains the 10 principles to live the best version of yourself. And there you get a lot of updates from Productive Muslim. But of course, you're more than welcome to join us on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram. We are Productive Muslim. Um, We just just Google Productive Muslim. You'll find you'll find us there, basically.
0: (laughs) Yes, you guys. So make sure to go on social media or on the website, Productive Muslim. I'm telling you, I learned so much throughout the years and it's truly a beneficial and a life changing experience. And inshallah, I'll be in the academy soon because I'm very interested in, in this kind of stuff. And as I get older and more in the business world, I know I'm going to be hustling more, but got to focus on the Barakah effect, not the hustle mindset. JazakAllah khair. Brother Muhammad any questions you'd like to add that I should have asked or any final tips?
1: No, just thank you. Thank you for, for having me. Thank, thank you for all the good work. And and always uh, the tip that I will share in every platform is the the number one sort of motto or the number one grounding principle uh, we follow Barak to muslim is have sincere intentions and work hard. Have sincere intentions about your Ramadan that you want to change, you want to become the best version of yourself. Have sincere intentions with your workouts, have sincere intentions with your business and work hard and work hard. Work hard not to the point of hustle, but work hard in the point of you recognizing that you're going to do your utmost best to be the best and, and Allah will put the rest in the Barak inshallah
0: inshallah thank you for tuning in if you've enjoyed this episode make sure to subscribe today and leave a five-star review you can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend be strong be fit be fit for Akhirah.